We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to Talking Buffalo. It is casual Friday. That means, as always, I am joined by my good friend, co-host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast with Greg Thompson. Of course, I'm talking about Aaron Quinn. Uh, what's going on, buddy? You know, I, I'm in a better mood this week than I was last week. I, I think as time goes on, we, uh, I, I've been better, better able to digest the way the Bills season ended. I'm a little more optimistic now. I was really down in the dumps, depressed last week, feeling like the sky was falling. Uh, it's not. What's going on, buddy? I, I had more of an emotional reaction to the playoff exit this year than I did to 13 seconds. Like it definitely really? hurt more. Uh, yeah, man. Like 13 seconds. I said this on the show right after the game, like 13 seconds hurt a lot. Cause of you were right there and you really, I thought that team could take that momentum to the super bowl. They were doing everything exactly as you want to have it uh, scripted at the end of the season, like playing your best football at the end. Uh, but at least leaving that game, you felt like, man, we went toe to toe with, best team in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, if something just went the other way, you know, one or two plays, we're heading to the Super Bowl uh, instead of the Bengals or whoever, right? We, we could beat the Bengals. We could go forward. This year, while I still, I actually like the team and I think the team compares well and, I, and I'm excited for the future of this team, the way you lost this playoff game and just getting beat in all phases of the game, beat physically, uh, immediately that, that was really difficult for me to, to grasp. But I think as this week went on and time went on, um, I was able to see pull back a little bit, listen to the player interviews, hear about the exhaustion. I think, again, I think we talked about it last week that we probably should have seen some of this stuff come yeah. in and the result of that game come in. And we probably had our blinders on a little bit. Did you feel better or worse watching the chiefs uh, Bengals game last week in terms of about the Buffalo bills going for Like, did you watch these two teams and say, Man, we really are. There is a, a a distance between these two and the Buffalo Bills. Or did you watch that and be like, man, we just got a few things that we need to to clean up, and we're right there with these teams? How'd you feel watching that? Uh I mean, the team, the Bills team that we last saw, uh, that ex- that exhausted team. There, there's a step, right? There, that felt right. like a step between those two. But I think if you look at the big picture of uh, you know, where these teams are at. And I think that the talent levels of the teams, I, I still don't believe there's a big separation. And I think if you, if the NFL played out um, more in the way other sports do, where you had multiple game series, I think that the bills probably would have been more competitive in, in that in a series versus the Bengals than in that one game. That's the thing about the NFL, man. If you don't show up or aren't sharp for a single game, uh, the difference between what we saw against the Bengals uh, and a win isn't it's like five or six plays, right? Like if mm-hmm. you could get five or six of those plays back in that game, man, you got a ball game. Like um, if the margins are slim, even in victories that feel like uh, lopsided ones. And so I still think the bills are right there. I think when preseason rankings and stuff come out for next year, I think they'll be right there in that top three still. Uh, and I don't think it's a, a very far margin as we feel it is right now. Are you a big coffee drinker? Yeah, uh, I drink like a cup or two a day. I 
it's weird. So I we're, we tape this Thursday mornings, as, as everybody knows. We're everybody who listens to the show on Fridays anyway. And uh, I drink coffee probably four cups a day. And it's weird because at night when <laughs> I drink. All caffeine? Um, yeah. Yeah. I drink like, I think it's Wegmans Columbia is mm-hmm. the brand. Or sometimes that JA17 brand, which by the way, that shit is actually really good, man. Uh, mm-hmm. The Josh Allen coffee. But anyway, at night I it doesn't keep me up at night. Like my wife will, re- will not drink coffee at night. Cause you know, she goes, it makes her all wired at night. Not mm-hmm. me. However, and this is why I asked you in the morning, I do have like a cup and this is actually my second cup here. And it's only what nine 30. And I'm like ready to bounce off the walls right now. It's really mm-hmm. weird. I get energy in the morning from coffee, but not at night. It's uh interesting. Actually, I'll send you a link. If you listen to it at some point, I listened to uh, Andrew Huberman is a um, neuroscientist at Stanford university. He's got his own lab. He's got a great podcast talking about like all different ways to improve your body, stuff like that. And he did, did one on caffeine and a writer. I like Michael Pollan uh, t- that does a lot about caffeine and just, there is stuff about caffeine that's positive and, and stuff like that. And you get that energy boost, but it's interesting how caffeine really works. I did a whole last year. I did about 80% of the year. I switched to decaf and would oh. only drink caffeine on the weekends. Uh, and I maintained my energy levels. It was weird. Like I actually had, I actually had better, longer sustained energy because then ca- caffeine gives you the boost. You get it. But if you don't maintain Keeping caffeine in your body, it wouldn't run out. That's weird. Uh, so Interesting. Try it. Try it sometime. I will. I will. I will. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. We'll circle back in a few minutes. I want to talk some Buffalo Bills, mainly with this roster. Do you expect this to be like kind of the status quo this offseason? And I know for the most part we do, but I kind of want to hit on that a little bit and how maybe that's not like such a bad thing. Sure. But uh, before that, one of the things that we like to do on this show is just shoot the shit about whatever. Mm-hmm. And this stems from some conversations recently I had with my wife and he gave me an idea for us to do this from time to time. We're not going to do this every week. Like every week we do a um, finish the sentence at the end of the show. And we are going to do that this week too. But from time to time I want to do like, and we did this with music a few weeks ago with the Rolling Stone thing, kind of like a talking Buffalo uh, power rankings, our, our top 10 for each. And my wife mm-hmm. was talking about, bucket list stuff. Now, this is not something that she's told me, you know, recently for the first time. This is something that's been ongoing for years. Quite frankly, I didn't pay as much attention to it as I should. But I, I she sent me her list because I, I told her, I said, listen, Aaron and I came up with our own list. And uh, let me run by a couple of hers. I, I think hers is probably more interesting than either of ours. But for everybody out there, well, actually, before we talk about a bucket list, what's your definition of a bucket list? Like for me, it's like, we're getting to an age. We're not, we're not old by any means. Well, especially not you, but, um, these are obviously things that, you know, you want to accomplish before we leave this earth. And for some Mm -hmm. people that might be really adventurous for some people, it might be more practical things, um, for you. I mean, like, have you thought before I asked you this week, I said, I, in fact, I called it homework. Do you think often about stuff like a bucket list or was this something that I kind of forced on you? <laughs> yeah, no, you totally forced this on me. I never <laughs> have thought about it at all, to be honest. Like I think about uh, my mortality probably more than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those types of things. I live in a constant state of panic and anxiety. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with my own mortality, but I never really think of like, what do I strive to accomplish? Um, I think I've overachieved already. Uh, I probably shouldn't even have the life that I had. Like I, I got a pretty normal, decent life. Sure. Uh, so I'm, ha- I feel pretty content there. You're uh, but th- th- Yeah. But there are some things when uh, we got to talking, there's definitely, when I had to think about it, there's definitely some things that I would like to do. I think everybody's got that. You've got definitely some beef with one of my choices here. And I understand your, your reasoning for it, but I'm not going to come off of it. So. <laughs> we'll get to that one. And I, I do have beef with w- w- one of your choices. Real quick, and then we're going to get into ours. Like I said, for an, an example, I was talking to my wife, and she clearly has a list that she keeps ready to go at all times because I told yeah. her, I said, Aaron and I, she's at work, and I sent her a message on Facebook. I said, Aaron and I are going to tape soon, and we're doing a thing about a bucket list. And by the way, for everyone out there watching and listening, spend some time thinking about a bucket list if you don't have one already. But anyway, she, she fired it off to me in like 30 seconds. I was like, damn, she keeps this shit. You know, Andy, ready to go. Let me read just some of these from her real quick, and I'll just fly through them. Ride a horse, climb a mountain, get a tattoo, travel to Ireland, travel to Hawaii, 
Some of these we've done, by the way. So this has been a list that's, or she's done at least. It's been a list that's been ongoing for a while. Watch a movie in Bryant Park, New York City. Sing on Broadway. Go to Vegas. I know she's done that. Watch a game at Yankee Stadium. I know we've done that. Go to Magic Kingdom. Count the stars on Hollywood Boulevard. Swim in the ocean. Jump a cliff. Swim with dolphins. Climb a waterfall. Touch a stingray. No, thank you. Cuddle a tiger. Fuck out of here. White water rafting. Hug a redwood. Travel Alaska. Ride in a gondola. Sing O Holy Night at Midnight Mass. Go to WrestleMania. We did that three straight years, actually. Uh, attend the Kentucky Derby. Contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Go to Mardi Gras. Play in professional poker tournament. Dog sled. Visit a rainforest. Sleep in a treehouse. That last one was really cool. She put a lot of thought into this, man. Probably mm-hmm. A lot more than either of us did. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so let's get to ours. And again, right. I, I kind of... And Aaron was talking specifically about one thing. And this is my personal rules for like a bucket list item. All right. I said it has to be something. And Aaron disagrees with at least one of these anyway. Mm -hmm. It has to be something that I think you could be considered like someone in control of. Like your bucket list shouldn't be something that's outright like to to go to space. You know what I mean? Or something crazy like that. You could go to space. Oh, I guess. Something that's not completely. All right. All right. Fine. A, bu- a bucket list is something that's I gotta, like completely I, I, out of the realm of possibility. Okay. Something you can control. I think that was your argument to mine is one of mine. You believe I have no control over. I'm going to argue it actually this week that I might have more control than you think. So we'll get into them. All right. Fair let enough. the people decide. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you go first. And again, okay. these are our top 10 bucket list items. Like I said, I just read off a bunch for my wife and they, they were good ones, but those are a lot mm-hmm. more than 10. We're going to limit ours to 10. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up. If you're watching on the YouTube side, you'll be able to see this screen, but um, pulling these so, up first. And these are, this is Aaron Quinn's bucket list, top 10. And, and let's start from 10 and, and we'll work our way down. Let's do it. Uh, 10, write a book. Uh, both my wife and I want to do this uh, in retirement ages. Uh, she wants to write a novel and I kind of do too. I read a lot of books and I see people and I like develop stories about like, I'll see people on the beach when we're vacation and I'll develop some kind of like backstory or show in my head. And I don't know, I've seen some pretty terrible books. So I think I could probably write one. Yeah, I, I think uh, you do. Well, I think you do well at that too. I, I like that one. I like yeah, that. So that, I think that's a, a fun one for me. And uh, our producer of our show, Chris Kepner actually publishes. He's like a, agent that gets publishing so maybe i got an in already um number nine live in canada for a year or more uh my wife went to school in canada um so she loved it uh she went to school in montreal uh we go to toronto as often as we can with the kids toronto's like one of my favorite places to go in the world um every time we go where we talk about how cool it would be to live there for a year even though it's crazy expensive and my wife's job does give her some flexibility to have opportunities like that um and so i'm constantly hitting her up for like hey is there any openings in toronto or montreal or vancouver so canada would be pretty cool i just love canada they're great neighbor to the north chill people uh lots of our um for i don't know how it is for you pat but i feel like 30 40 percent of our fan base for cover one is from canada also oh yeah so. yeah respect to canada i ain't trying to live there though but <laughs> <laughs> i like it I would, I would do toronto man toronto's a cool ass city um the number eight catch a game in ann arbor i've always been a michigan fan man and like i love professional football and i think like the entertainment value of professional football is fantastic but dude when i watch i don't watch all the college games but like when I turn on a Big Ten game that's in Michigan, it just seems like there's no better place to catch something. That that stadium is just massive. Those fans love it. I'd love to catch a game there. I've heard it's a great time. Uh, number seven, soak in the natural hot springs in Iceland. We were actually supposed to do this. We had a trip booked, planned with friends. Unfortunately, my wife had a work emergency that was uh, we had to end up canceling that trip. Um, so that's something that. I was scheduled to do and never was able to do it. And now that we have kids and our friends that we were going to go with also have kids, it's gotten a little bit harder. We might have to wait a few years before we can get everybody over there. So something I would like to get checked off the list before something happens to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number six, this is, so you asked me about bucket list. Actually, number six has been something that my entire life I've always wanted. Um, So I, I used to, I don't really care what people know about me. I used to smoke tons of marijuana. I used to hang out with people that did a lot of drugs. I was always the kind of guy that, uh, my friends would trip on mushrooms and I would hang out and watch them for two days or whatever while their trip went on. <laughs> and I just never, I never really tripped or did drugs with them in that way because I was a little bit as a young age, scared to lose control of myself. I didn't want, I only like drugs that allow me to stay in control of myself. 
But in my mind was like, once I had have no more responsibilities, right? Like I'm not a young man anymore. I have my whole life ahead of me. Or once my kids are out of the house, I don't have to have responsibilities to my family. I would like to lose control. Like in a, in a scenario where I can have that. Uh, so tripping on mescaline or peyote is something I want to do in old age, uh, into retirement, like go out into the desert and, and go on a trip experience, I think would be fun. I think every, um, person, not everyone, cause that's a general generalization, but I think most people should experience some hallucination at some point in their life. Okay. I think it's a positive experience. So, um, number five, swim in the Mediterranean sea. My watch, my wife watches a lot of, uh, below deck on Bravo and they yacht around the Mediterranean all the time and everywhere they go looks absolutely incredible. I'm not a big overseas traveler, but if you're going to get me over there, I want to swim in the Mediterranean. Uh, Alaskan cruise has always been something I'd like to do. Um, I usually prefer to travel the warm climate since I live in Buffalo. Uh, but I have heard the, like the night sky. Here's one thing I hate about living in Buffalo. The night sky sucks. Like I'm lucky to see, 12 to 15 stars sure. any given night if I'm out in my hot tub in Maine, uh, where I'm from, you can go out 20 minutes and see big spines of the Milky way of stars in Alaska. They say it's even more incredible and you can see the Aurora Borealis. Like you can see all this fantastic stuff. That's something I want to experience. I don't want to go to space, but I would like to see it. Um, here's your, here's where you got beef with me, Pat three. I want to see the bills win a super bowl. I know I have no control over this. Cause no, if, I did, if I did, we'd have 12. Um, but it's all I want, Pat. Like I've spent so much time of my life, so much energy and passion getting ready for this team to do it. Uh, I just want to see it before I die. I have that shirt that says just want to before too. I die. But here I might have some say in it. I just have to figure out how to apply for a job in the NFL's writer's room. And then I could have a little bit of dictation over this script. Uh, and maybe I can make it so that the bills end up on top of the scripted NFL at some point. So maybe I have more control than you think. Uh, I guess, man. Uh, number two. Really no, no, I get, I get it. Uh, number two, this one's a big one for my wife and I find a way. We have some property in Maine um, that is just woods right now. Uh, we would really like to build on it. We've been chipping away, plucking trees out of that property. Mm -hmm. We have a plan for it. It's where we want to retire. It's where we want to live. And I just hope that that's something that we can achieve uh, for us and our family. And then number one, the biggest thing in my life is, and I, I don't necessarily care. I just want to see my, grow up to see my kids become adults and whether or yeah. not they have a family and get married. I want to, I want to witness my children's um, moments in their life, whether it's like graduation, weddings, uh, birth of their kids, those types of things. I want to see my kids become adults. Uh, and have the types of experiences I did. That's literally the thing I want the most in my life. And that's a, now obviously that's a really good one. And I would argue that that is something that you do have some control of because how you parent your children and stuff sure. like that kind of directly influences what kind of adults they become and then things they accomplish and things like that. So you have a lot of, whether it's support, whether it's monetary support, there's lots of things that you control with your children as they go from being kids to adults. So I agree with that. I don't agree with the bills. I don't think you have any control of that. That's something that we want desperately to see. I just got to sit in the right spot, right? I got to find the right clothes to wear. <laughs> the right, you know, all my superstitions got to get right. Those are good, though. Overall, I like a lot of those. And I could see you writing a book. I, I really could. I could see you writing a book. I'd love to write a book someday. I would write. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm really the good. Chad GBT, GPT now, the thing that you can just, uh, the AI. Anyone can write a book, right? Uh, yeah. I think I would be pretty good at writing an advice book. And then let me preface it by saying this. I'm, I like as many times I've messed up in life. It's kind of like one of those, here's what you should not do in life kind yeah. of things to be successful. You know what I'm saying? But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, these are really good ones for you. All right, let me fly through mine here. Um, I'm going to start at 10. New Year's Eve at Times Square. I've never done that. I was born in New York City, by the way. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was born in New York City. Lived there when I was a baby. Went back and forth. My parents are both from New York, but anyway, I've never been to a uh, time, been to Times Square a million times, but I've never been there for New Year's Eve. I can't even remember being there for Christmas time. So, mm. that have you done Buffalo's? You've done Buffalo's, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've done that a couple times. I haven't done I've it in a long it. time, though, but it's nice. But it is not, it's obviously, I, I, well, I can't say because I've never been to Times Square, but from everything I've seen, sure. I can't imagine it being on that same level, the one in Buffalo. Um, Number nine, go on a tropical cruise, which is funny. If my wife sees this, she's going to laugh at me. Or not laugh at me, she's going to bitch at me because she's wanted to do this since pretty much we've been married. And I've never wanted to. But now over the last couple of years, I'm like, all right, if I can stay on a boat 90% of the cruise, 
You know what I'm There's saying? There's some cool I, cruises out there, man. Yeah, yeah. I would probably be down to do one. I've never been on a cruise in my life, ever. Anywhere. I haven't either. Yeah, I'm not an adventurous person. Like, I haven't done a lot of stuff, so I've never been on a cruise. Um, I think part of that now mm-hmm. that you want to do it is that now you live back in Buffalo again. It was probably harder for you to want to go to cruise when you lived in Florida, right? You're already oh, sure, in the warm sure. weather. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But early years, it was just I didn't want to do it. I don't trust other uh, parts of the world. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah, I would be I nervous about stuff like that. But uh, yeah, sure. now I want to do it. Um, number eight, watch the Masters at Augusta. I'm a big golf guy, mm-hmm. and I just love That'd be it. be cool. I'm a very traditional kind of guy. I would love to watch around him at Augusta. I think that would be really cool. Uh, number seven. I don't know why, but I want to be an extra on a TV show or a movie. Not a, not a, not a real role. Like I just want to be pictured on there. Like I've always dreamed of, and I've talked about this for a long time. Like I want to be on a, a movie where some, I want to die on it. Like I want to be killed. I want to be some, you know, like you watch a movie about a mass murder or something like that, or it's mass shooting or something. Like that. I want to be one of the people I want to be on a, a TV show or a movie, but I don't want to live. I just want to be an extra and I want to die on it. <laughs> I don't even know why, but it's kind of morbid, but I've always thought that would be cool to die on a TV show. Uh, number six, I want to interview Mike Tyson. I think Mike Tyson to me is the most fascinating, not just athlete, one of the most fascinating human beings, polarizing human beings that, I, that I've ever heard from or seen in my life. I think that would be amazing. I would be a little bit intimidated to sit down with him. Maybe not as much now because he's really mellowed out in recent years. Like he's got a podcast that's pretty great. It's he's great. I watch it. I watch yeah. it a lot, man. Um, yeah, they just get stoned all the time and talk shit. But he's a really deep guy. You know what I'm saying? He he's uh he's fascinating to me. So I'd love to interview him. Uh, number five, attend a Super Bowl. You know, unlike the Bills winning one, this is something I can completely control. Which, real quick backstory: a, a couple of years ago, I did have a pretty good opportunity. Damone Harris played for the Chiefs, and um close with Damone and they went, they played, that was the year they, I think they lost that year to uh, mm-hmm. Tampa. I think, I don't know. I don't remember that wasn't Tampa, but anyway, they played, it might've been the year they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Rams, but anyway, they played the Super Bowls in Miami that year, just a couple hours from me. And I didn't really know it at the time. I didn't want to bother him, but as it turns out, I could have went, he could have gotten Super Bowl tickets for me. Had I just asked, he told me that afterwards too. So had I asked, I actually would have gotten Super Bowl tickets. Never been to one. Obviously, I'd love to see a Bill Super Bowl more than anything. But regardless, I want to attend. I kind of want to go to just for I've heard the experience. All the like, it's like WrestleMania. The show's not mm-hmm. always the best part. It's the everybody congregates and there's all kinds of stuff to do. That sounds like fun. That's a good. Uh, that's a good comparison because I've been to three. I went to three straight WrestleManias. I went to Toronto, Seattle, New York City for 18, 19 and 20. And yeah, the, the, the experience, all the stuff going on, the vibe. It was actually better than the show itself. Uh, four, mm-hmm. visit Ireland. Pretty self-explanatory. Three, meet Smokey Robinson. Mm. He's, one of my, he's one of my heroes, musically especially. Just, I'd love to have a conversation with him. Just what it was like to be around during that time. The Motown era, the hits oh. in Detroit. And just, man, because he's one of my, I, we've talked about this before. He's one of my yeah. favorite singers of all time. I would just be fascinated to, to meet and talk to him. Have you ever listened to, he did a interview with Howard Stern four or five years ago. Maybe he was on the show. I used to have Sirius XM and we were traveling to Maine one year and we were listening to Howard Stern. He had Smokey Robinson on and it was like, I was hooked for like the three hours that they went or whatever. Uh, the stories he told, you're right. It would be, you would absolutely love if you haven't heard that one as big of a fan as you are, you should try to find some of the clips on YouTube. Howard Stern. I know. Yeah. I never knew that. I'll definitely go back and find that. Yeah. I, I, just fascinated by Smokey Robinson. I mean, lots of people from that music era, but especially him. Uh, two, learn how to play the piano. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm pretty self-explanatory. I just would be cool to be able to play a music instrument. And I always think the piano is, uh, I always thought that was the coolest one. And then number yeah. one, which is something that it might, is going to change this year. So I call it a bucket list item, but this should be Pat's goals for 2023. And this probably will be number one, a true family vacation adventure. So I've been married for over 20 years. Two kids who are now adults, basically, and uh, never been on a true family vacation. We've done lots of things together. Sometimes it would be three of us, but my daughter couldn't go or vice versa. There's just, we've just never, sometimes it's been, you know, not being able to get time off. Sometimes it's been money, you know, being able to afford it. Um, we moved to Florida. We lived in Florida for five years. So it was already kind of was like a an adventure of some sorts, but I would love the four of us to just pack up and go somewhere. In fact, uh, we're, we're talking about maybe this year going to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee hey. and getting a cabin for like four days and stuff like that and just kind of exploring. So anyway, a true family uh, 
vacation adventure is one thing that I would love to do that I never have. So that's the top of my list, man. This was fun. You gotta I like motivate it. us. Give us some goals besides uh piano piano is probably one I should put on too. Um that's a cool one. I like that. All right, let's take a quick break and to come back. We're actually gonna talk some Buffalo Bills football. Is the status quo gonna remain for the Bills? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back here with Aaron Quinn, fresh off our bucket list. All right, so when it comes to the Buffalo Bills right now, and again, I'm much more over last season this week than I was uh, last week. Do you expect this offseason to pretty much be the status quo? And let me preface this by saying, if so, I don't think that's the worst thing ever. It's easy to really react negatively when you see a season end the way we did a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, you watch Brandon Bean's press conference. You, you're in tune with this team very well. You know what the salary cap situation is. You know who the free agents are. Do you, do you get a do you get a sense that like what you saw this year is going to be very much a lot of what you see in 2023 as well? Personal well, wise, yeah, I think um, to steal some cliches from like Sean McDermott, like every year is different, right? No matter what, this mm-hmm. is, the team that we put on the field in 2023 is not going to be the same team that they put in 2022. But to fans, I do think to your point of status quo, I think it will be probably feel too much like run it back to Bills fans. Um, but there's going to be some big differences. Like I don't see a scenario where Jordan Poyer returns. I don't think they'll franchise tag him. I think that's insulting uh, to franchise a guy that's th- that at that point in his career that is looking for uh, his finally a shot to really get a payday that he deserves. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I don't know that there's, been any movement to get a deal there done the Tremaine Edmonds thing is going to be really interesting to watch because I think his value probably shot up over where the bills had had a value marker for him and I think they would like to get him back but who knows like he might be willing to test that first week of free agency and he might get an offer that just is too good for him to you know it just makes too much sense for him and his family so let me pump you let me pump the brakes there because you're you're on you're talking about the guy obviously the right one let me ask you this because I haven't heard much about this at all so I'm going to ask you is there a chance that the Bills franchise tag Jermaine Evans? You think there's a realistic mm-hmm. good chance that they tag him? Or you think they're going to let him go and not let him go, but let him test and see what's out there? You don't think no. he's going to be franchise tag? The franchise tag is not good for linebackers because 
it's a scenario. Greg brought this up on our show th- this week. You have edge rushers that are technically listed as linebackers and the contracts that they get are inflated to what an actual linebacker gets. So it, it all works together. When you come up with that franchise tag number, it is whatever the top salaries of the top at that position. So when you have elite edge rushers being linebackers, it, it increases that value for the franchise tag for a linebacker. So he would be getting paid like 20 something million for the one year of franchise tag. I don't think that makes sense. I think what makes more sense is for Brandon Bean to get really creative, similar to what he did with that Von Miller contract, where it's a really low entry number this year where we're up against the cap. And maybe you have some inflated numbers later where you can maybe handle it or, you know, move Josh Allen's contract or pull up some of those coupons that Greg talks about. Brandon Bean has structured contracts in a way that gives him some flexibility future years out. And so now the new contracts that he's coming in, it has to be sort of a perfect symmetry dance of, okay, well, we can get Tremaine in low this year, but then maybe in two, three years, we bump him way up because somebody else, we can move some of their money down. So those are all things that play into this. I think that he, one thing I trust in Brandon Bean is to be creative with how he structures some of these contracts for getting players in long-term while he's up against the cap. I think he'll be able to do some of that. I also think, you know, people want to shit on Terry Pagula a lot. And I think there's plenty of, stuff for every billionaire in the world to get piled on and shit on. Um, But one thing in terms of being a Bills fan that he's done, and I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott praise it every single year is sorry, the resources that he gives to this team that gives the bills some ability to give some money guaranteed up front. That isn't part of the salary cap. That isn't going to hurt the team. And Terry's been willing to offer up his money to get this done. And not every NFL owner is going to do that. I think Cincinnati is going to be in real trouble in about two years. When all those rookie deals come up, they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. That's the goose that laid the golden egg for them. Their owner is not going to come out and front a bunch of money to players contracts so that their GM can be creative with these deals. I think that's a benefit to the Buffalo Bills. And I think that's really going to show in the next three years or so here as they come up against it, that Terry's putting up his own money to make sure that this team can keep people that matters in the NFL. Cause if you have a cheap ass owner, you're not going to be able to sustain that long-term success because you are going to run into these issues where the cap is going to become a problem. And it's going to get restricted. So I think, you know, I, I do expect them to aggressively pursue bringing Tremaine back, but to your point of, is this going to be status quo, man, if you lose Poyer and Edmonds, which could potentially happen, there's no way this looks like the same team it did the last two years. Right. I agree. Scale one to 10. How aggressive do you think Brandon Bean is going to be in trying to keep Jermaine Edmonds in Buffalo? And now you're saying that you don't think, and we don't know, but you, and you made good logic there, but you don't think he's going to be franchise tagged if that's what it comes down to. But scale one to 10, how aggressive do you think they are? I think it's, um, one, I think every side, I think Tremaine's side is uh, played this very well. I, I would think Brandon in the, in, in the Bills were trying to get a number dialed in before this season, before they got to this point, and maybe they were undervaluing him, and, and Tremaine's team said, hey, we're going to play this out and see how it goes. And his team won in this playout, in this, in this game of chicken, because people can say what they want about Tremaine Edmonds, but league-wide, his value rose this year, right? Like playing behind a true one tag with what he's able to do. I think teams love him and would love to get their hands on him. But I do think, I don't know how aggressive, I don't think he's going to really mortgage the future over Tremaine Edmonds. But I I think this is the top priority this off season is to return your captain starting middle linebacker. I mean, this, this team goes as Edmonds and Milano go. We've seen that time and time again, when they're off the field or not there, there's huge holes in this defense. hundred percent. And I would say if your number was going to be like, say on a scale one to 10, it was going to be seven before. I think Leslie, Leslie Frazier's staying, which is certainly appears that's the way it's going to be. I think that number rises even more because I think he's even mm-hmm. more important on a Leslie Frazier type defense. To your point, I agree hundred percent as Milano and Tremaine Edmonds go, the bills go. Mm-hmm. on defense, and I'm talking about even the regular season where they kind of pad stat. Well, I shouldn't say pad stats, and you've pointed this out, and you're right. They beat good teams. They looked good against good teams during mm-hmm. the regular season on defense. So it's not like they beat a bunch of chumps in the regular season and then choked in the playoffs. So I don't want to make it sound like that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know, man. I, I have that number of like around nine. I think if they accomplish one single thing this entire offseason, more than anything else, it's keeping Jermaine Edmonds. It's more than any other free agent, it's more than anyone they would bring in. I think this team, if they're going to play a Leslie Frazier type defense and they don't have yeah. Tremaine Evans, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Do you think, Terrell, the fact that maybe, 
I don't know what the expectation was in hindsight now, but drafting Terrell Bernard a year ago, it, let's not call a kid a bust. First of all, no, you're a third-round pick, so, I mean, it's really, you shouldn't call him a bust anyway. But I feel like the expectation, I thought he would be further along, like even on the depth chart, dude. He was fifth on the depth chart. He, he was inactive for the playoffs. You know, he was mm-hmm. surpassed by Dotson and A.J. Klein. So mm-hmm. that's not very promising for me that if Tremaine Evans leaves, all right, well, we drafted a kid last year and he's ready to step in. I, I don't think he is. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know. I just think losing Tremaine Evans would be a really, 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 really big blow to this defense. Yeah, no, I think, you know, one, we could probably have a whole podcast this offseason, Pat, on – this conversation about draft and success and development, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of nuance lacking in these conversations right now. People are coming out and saying Brandon Bean hasn't drafted well since 2018. And because it's because of no pro bowlers, that's absolute bullshit. We shouldn't even use the pro bowl for any type of benchmark ever on anything. Um, people compare them to the best draft classes of the year. Uh, they don't give enough time for actual uh, development. Um, there's not a lot of nuance in the conversation about what the roster looks like that these players are going to and what's ahead of them, right? Like how are they going to be able to get play time and development time? Uh, all that stuff is baked in to, to these conversations, the coaches. Um, I think the conversation I want to have more about Brandon Bean's drafting is what's going on with Eric Washington. Why hasn't he been able to develop any players along the defensive line, the offensive line, so not so much Cromer because it was his first year, but you've had a lack of development along the offensive line. I think yeah, Chad Hall got an interview for offensive coordinator this week. And a lot of people were upset about that. And I was kind of just like, I mean, am I going to be real sad if Chad Hall goes? I like him. I think he's kept the room fine, but he's also had a room full of vets. Uh, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, who were already good. They didn't necessarily get better under him. And Gabe Davis, for I think he's fine. I think he's a fine number two uh, in the NFL. But people aren't happy with that, and they haven't seen the development there. And Khalil Shakir didn't come on in the way that we thought he would this year. And Isaiah McKenzie was a total kind of a bust after we were sold that he was going to be the next slot. So seems to be a lack of some development along some of the position groups. And is that on Brandon Bean? Or is that on your positional coaches? Or is that because the roster was just clogged at a certain spot and, and guys weren't able to get on the field? I think there's some nuance being lost in some of this conversation about how well or not Brandon Bean's drafted. And he's definitely got flaws. He's definitely got some misses. Um, but I think we have no good way to actually compare these things versus our peers. We like to talk a lot about like, okay, but how do we compare to our peers league-wide? That's why I use DVOA. There's nothing really in place to compare. It's all kind of just speculative opinions about what you think. And you can find weird data points to make your point. But um, I think that they're probably on, on average with most of the NFL teams. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's a really good point. It's not just a GM drafting the wrong guy, coaching situations. There's lots of things a lot goes into that, it. that make or break a player. Um, I, I guess when, when you say the status quo, which by the way, I don't know, for me, status quo means pretty much the makeup of the team isn't changing. I'm not saying running back. We already know they're not running it back because they don't have a ton of cap room and there's a lot of free agents, even though a lot right. of them are, I would call easily replaceable guys. So they're yeah, not yeah. running. And I think they'll get similar level players sure. back in return. Right. Yeah. But my, my status quo, what I meant is you're not going to go and get a, a Vaughn Miller this off season. Um, no. I just, I, I, I come back to feeling like Tremaine Edmonds is the big thing. I, I feel like they got to find a way no matter what it takes. And I do, by the way, sometimes I, I get a sense that I think players are full of shit. And that it, they're literally just going to take the most money they can get, no matter what the situation mm-hmm. is. Like a guy who says he's really in to, to win a Super Bowl, he'll go to, I almost said Detroit by accident because Detroit's sure. been bad for so long, but now they're actually a Bring good team. But a, a, a player will go sure. to a shitty, like they'll go to the Houston Texans. Because I mean, players used to come to the Bills money. for money. Right, 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 right. Exactly. I, I take Tremaine Evans at his word. I do think he wants to be in Buffalo now. He's not going to take a huge hometown discount. At least I don't think he is. Maybe I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But I do think he wants to be in Buffalo, and I do think that matters. Um, I don't think he'll take a discount, but I think his side might be willing to do what I was saying earlier of like, hey, it's going to be a little less up front, but we, you're so young, we're going to make it up here. Uh, I think he'll be willing to work with them in their salary cap to get a long-term deal in place. Like, if people don't want to hear about his age anymore, dude, but this guy's going to be in line for two major contracts in his life. If the Bills can get him in his prime for one of those major contracts, that would be the biggest free agent signing I think that they could do. Here's a, a thing, too, that frustrates me about this time of year, Pat, is um, I see a lot of people 
trying to fix the roster, but making holes in other spots. And that's also not like the best, like everyone wants more weapons for Josh Allen, but then like, okay, you go out and either swing a big trade for a wide receiver with a big salary or whatever it is. But then you aren't going to be able to bring back a Tremaine Edmonds. You aren't going to be able to. And then now you're going to have to draft a rookie or find, bring in an A.J. Klein. And so you're going to have a hole somewhere else. There's, there's a fine balancing act. I know not all holes are the same, but this idea that like, oh, we'll just ignore this one piece because we need another weapon. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love it. I've heard a lot, a lot of, well, maybe if they signed Odell Beckham Jr., if he's healthy, they can use the money that they would pay Tremaine Edmonds to sign Odell Beckham. That's literally what you're talking about. Okay, so you go add an, a great receiver. And then you have a huge hole at linebacker. Yeah. Or this trading for Hopkins. Like, you're going to yeah. have to take that money on. You, so you're going right. to give up assets, and then you're going to take on a bunch of money for Stefan Diggs and Hopkins. And I don't think Hopkins plays to Josh Allen's strengths. Everybody thinks, oh, he can just go up and get it and can catch. We need guys that can get open. I actually don't think – I think this whole conversation about the Bills' weapons is so overblown, Pat. Like, this offense was super efficient. This offense was very good for most of the year with Josh Allen hurt, with a subpar offensive line. I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks. Like Dawson Knox is still a legitimate weapon. I think Gabe Davis can be a good wide receiver too. I'd like to see more production out of the slot position. I like the stable of running backs. It's not as bad as we think. Like fix the offensive line. And I think you're already that much better. And you're already at the top of the league in terms of EPA and all these offensive stats, DVOA. So the sky's not falling, right? Like you have good skill position player. I don't think we need a, any knee jerk reactions where we have to get another Stefan Diggs. We don't need another alpha. If there's one part of this team where I do think they really need some fixing, and I know you agree with this, is mm. the offensive line. Big time. I, I think that is the one area of this team that I think is a, a real sore spot. It's probably me. what separates us from the Chiefs right now. Yeah. You look at the Eagles, and I look, I like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts yeah. is a good running back or a good quarterback. Yeah. They got pretty good running backs. They got great receivers. Mm-hmm. But th- that offense works because their offensive line is just dominant, man. Every and, snap. Yeah. So. I guess it comes down to with the Buffalo Bills is, is this a team that needs a lot of players and influx and new players? Or is this just a team that needs to play better in the playoffs and, you know, not be emotionally drained. And like I said, protect the quarterback better. I don't think they're in b- big need of a makeover. I think at the end of the day, if they can resign Emmons, look, they're going to lose Poyer. That's going to happen. And well, we'll see how it plays out. I, I, let's just say this. I, I'm really confident that Jordan players can be playing somewhere else next year. Just leave it at that. But they're getting Micah Hyde back. I was going to say, Micah Hyde's so another like a, addition. It's right? kind of a trade. And I'm not going to say I like one guy better than the other because when Jordan Poyer is healthy and he was not healthy last year, Jordan Poyer is an, an all-pro player, literally. So, yeah. And when the two of them are together, it's it's a different level of special. Right. Now they're going to still you know, need some help at the safety position, and you can't assume the, that. DeMar Hammond, yeah, that situation is going to be, I hate to, because it's such a severe health thing that he went through and we don't know there's been nothing to speculate as to is he going to be a buffalo bill again like or is he not going to play football we haven't heard either way um but it will it's a story to watch here and as the months pass it's going to become more and more pressing to find out because if he is i feel so much better about the safety position two three months ago pat even i love jordan poyer i talk to him uh in dms a lot like i have nothing but support he knows that but i assumed we were moving on at this point. Sure. And I felt okay with Damar. I really like Damar. And I think that it's a step back from Poirier, but it's a step we can live with. And I, I like where his development can go. Now, uh, fast forward a couple months, there's so much unknown. I don't know. I hope it works out, but we we don't know. And I don't know when we'll find out, but it, that's one for the bills. That's a tough unknown because you have some other holes you got to fix and you're going to have some free agency issues you're going to have to fix. And now there's this kind of flowing over your head of, do we need to find another safety to pair with Micah? Because I don't think it's Jaquan Johnson. I don't think it's Cam Lewis. I don't think it's Dean Marlowe. You'd have to get somebody. I agree. By the way, there's also Micah Hyde will be going into the last year of his contract as well. Uh, this year. So safety is going to be a, a, a position that they're definitely going to address. Look again, I'd love to have Jordan Poyer back. I think they aggressively try to keep Tremaine. I think they let Jordan go get paid somewhere else. They want him back, but they're just not going to be able to give him what, he thinks he's worth and what he's earned. And that's a tough one too, because like he's earned the payday that's coming his way. Tremaine, like I said, you can get creative with Tremaine's contract because he is young. He's going to see that money where Jordan, 
like even if you re-sign Jordan Poyer, it's a two to three year deal max. It's probably a two year deal with that third just being in there to make the money look right. And so you, there's probably not a lot of leeway in how you can structure that deal. He, he wants to get the money now and right. he deserves it, man. He's put his body on the line for undervalued contract for years. I hope he gets the, the money that he's earned in this league. I just don't know that the bills can or, or have it. Let me run off for people here when it comes to free agents. And again, we have time. We will deep dive into free. I'm agents still putting more. my wish list together. Yeah. Right. In the coming weeks, obviously you and Greg will be talking about a play on cover one Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Edmonds and Poyer are the two big names. After mm-hmm. that, it's about like, there's some quality depth players. And by the way, Roger Saffold's a free agent. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, anything they do at left guard to me or whether they move Bates left and get a right guard, anything they do at, at guard to me is going to be as good or better. So I'm not even going to spend time talking about him. But Jordan Phillips, when he's healthy, he's, he's a good player. Shaq Lawson, mm-hmm. I thought, was probably the second best defensive end on mm-hmm. his team down the stretch for sure. Um, they're both free agents. Losing them could be a blow to the depth. Um, Devin Singletary, yeah, he's a starter, but I would say going forward, even if he was here, I think James Cook will start to wrestle that role away. Um mm-hmm. They, they could lose him, Case Keenum, their, their backup quarterback. Not, you don't want that to be a big deal. It could be a big deal, though. But anyway, he's a free agent. I think you find another Keenum, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and then you look at special teams, um, key special teams players, Matekovic and Taiwan Jones are spe- uh-huh. free agents. Uh, the punter, The punter is restricted. No. Jay Kumaro. So, their they're, uh, special teams could take a hit this offseason. Matekovic, yeah. Yeah, so... Um. Question bear, like here's a the I know we're frustrated with the offensive line of the Bills this year. Uh, it, it does need to improve, but you're you have a lot of holes uh, in free agency. I think I'm frustrated with Saffold. I don't hate the idea of him coming back on a very cheap deal to be a veteran in that room, like a veteran rotational backup. I don't want him to be the starter. I want somebody to come in and challenge okay. that spot for the starter. You said backup. That's important. Yes, I think having a vet in the room, whether it's Saffold or Questenberry or something to, well, Questenberry would be like your rotated tackle. You need a Van Rotten, uh, somebody to be a veteran rotational interior offensive lineman and then get a rookie in here. I think you can live with Ryan Bates being your kind of worst interior offensive lineman. I don't think you can live with a Roger Saffold, but some of these guys are going to be back that we don't want to be back. Some of these lower end tier free agent offensive linemen, one, you got to get a bunch of bodies for camp. And two, we know the Bills prioritize special teams. So some of these guys are going to come back just on their special teams roles alone. Another one, Sam Martin, punter, um, had a pretty good year. Right, like you're, and you're gonna have to fill that punter role because a raise is not on your roster. He's not coming back, so he that's another solid. one. Then I don't think he yeah. shaked a punt all year. I, at least off the top of my head, I can't remember him shaking like a twenty yard punt the whole year. It's pretty I consistent. So. Had some really nice ones too. Yeah. One last thing here, and again, we we got plenty of time to to talk Buffalo Bills, and we certainly mm-hmm. will. Um, what what's your biggest concern right now when you look at this roster? Mine very clearly is that Brandon Bean decides with Josh Allen and Diggs and Cook and Knox, that the offense is perfectly fine and and he doesn't sink resources into the offensive line. And my biggest concern is, all right, they let Saffold walk and they just simply move Bates to the other side and they put Ike Bakker in there. And now you got Bakker and Bates there. He talked very highly of um, Spencer Brown and, and I wasn't a fan of that. And uh, my concern is that they just roll with him and that they don't use a, whether it's a, a free agent signing, maybe not necessarily somebody who's going to hundred percent come in and start over, but at least somebody who's going to give him a legitimate competition at camp Spencer Brown. He better, you know, he's got a lot to prove. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, mm-hmm. my concern is that Brandon Bean does not sink resources into this offensive line. Cause I think after Tremaine Evans retaining him, I think that's priority number two for me on this team. Yeah. I think the biggest hole hole is going to be to to fill is this offensive line. I think you need at least, I think you need a starter at left guard. Mm-hmm. I can live with Bates. I'd like to see a challenge to Bates. I, and I'd love to see somebody coming in challenge Spencer Brown. I know that they're high on him and they made excuses for the back surgery and he's young and he's got to develop and all this stuff. I just see a guy who's really big and struggles to get pad level and struggles with leverage and gets walked back quite a bit. Uh, and I don't know, if that gets fixed or not, I'm willing to, to try and see, but I think he needs to really be pushed in a competition to earn 
that starting job for fans to feel better versus it just being handed to him, especially after the comments from being here this offseason. It felt like maybe he was building up some excuses and it felt a little Cody Fordish to me mm-hmm. the couple of years where he talked about Cody Ford and making excuses for that pick. Uh, so I'd love to see challenges along that whole offensive line. And I don't know if they'll do it, man, but I, last year I was at the draft live and I was very frustrated, even though in hindsight, I liked some of the picks. Uh, the Bernard one, I know a lot of people are piling on. There were some offensive linemen on the board, Pat. You did the mock drafts with me seven, whatever, six or seven times. I was taking a lot of these interior offensive linemen, yeah, and were. I had them on my wish list, and they they were still on the board at some of these picks, and I saw their teams taking them. And I have to go back and look how they did, <laughs> did here this season, but it would be nice to have some of those guys in your rotation here going into camp next year. So hopefully early in those first fat four rounds or so, the Bills are able to get a couple big bodies, maybe even trading around in the draft to find their guy. I would like to see them prioritize it. Uh, everybody wants, you know, you missed on that Creed Humphrey. I'd like to walk away with one of those guys this year where you get a, an instant starter in the draft that improves your offensive line. I think that that type of thing would put catapult the Bills uh, into whether or not I think there's at that same level with the Chiefs and the uh, the Bengals and these other teams, but maybe fans don't. And I think if you had improvement along the offensive line, it automatically pushes them up, even if you feel they aren't there right now. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, Look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, wrap it up here with Eric Quinn. By the way, Cover One has got a crew down at, at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. So make sure you check out cover one, Greg. And if there. you, I'm telling you, man, the, the senior bowl doesn't get enough coverage, Pat. Uh, not a lot of people down there. And if you're a bills fan, you should be following the senior bowl. I think four, I did it the other day. I think 40% of the bills draft picks have played in the senior bowl yeah. uh, since the McDermott era. It matters to them. Uh, and they find a, I mean, a lot of your good players that are with the bills now were part of that that game it's a big game and it should get more uh recognition and, and this is where you really find those studs in the draft yeah i agree and i'm looking forward to hearing greg's thoughts uh when you when you guys get together uh mm-hmm. for your shows all right let's finish up we do this every week or we do three of them um fill in the blank finish the sentence whatever you want to call it i'm going to read off a sentence to aaron these could be sports pop culture uh, a bunch of different things and uh aaron will give me his answer and, and i got one as well all right three of them let's start off here a television yep. show I'd love to see rebooted is blank. All right. Uh, this one actually was rebooted, uh, but I thought I didn't think they did a good job with it. The Wonder Years. I think the Wonder Years needs Ooh. to come back. But what they did with the reboot for the Wonder Years was they kept it in the 1960s. And what I want to see is what we know is, Pat, our generation is drunk on nostalgia. So mm-hmm. do Wonder Years set in the late 80s, early 90s so that the people that are adults with families now will get into that show. Like if there were, I loved the Wonder Years growing up. 
and my parents loved it. But the reason my parents loved it is because it hit home with them as kids. They were sure. raised in that era and it helped, it probably held a level of nostalgia to them of the war during the time. They grew up in that era, the music of the time. They grew up in that. I'd love to see a reboot of The Wonder Years that takes place in suburbia of 1988 and beyond and let it run for a few years because that's where we grew up. And I, I think it would be that coming of age story matters. And I think that it translates, uh, but I think you need to, to get that nostalgia, the click with the people that are consuming things right now. I'd love to see that, man. I was a big wonder years fan growing up. I love yeah. that show. Um, this one for me is an easy one. It's, it, it's not an older show. It, it's a newer one. I can't remember if we've talked about the show. I don't even know if you've watched it. Chits Creek. Yeah. I love that show, man. It could easily mm-hmm. pick up right where it left off, man. You got, sure. you know, David's married to Patrick and Alexa. They could be living in the same town. You know, they're featured. Find a way to get Stevie in that town. Mm-hmm. She got a job there or whatever. So there's your core right there, like Johnny and Moira. They don't have to be in every episode. You know what I mean? They don't have to be in that town. Right. I know they left at the end of the series, but they'll be worked into maybe add a couple new people. I don't know. I love that show, by the way. That series was perfect for me, man. Uh, but there, there's still plenty of meat left on the bone. They left enough meat on the bone that if they wanted to continue, there's lots of stories and things that they could dive into. I just really love that show. man. My runner up, which I haven't seen the movie. They made a movie to follow up with it. My runner up would have been Deadwood. You ever watch Deadwood on HBO? Joe Yurden is a big Deadwood fan. I've never actually watched it, man. And it got, it ended early. It was never able to finish. So they did make a movie later. And again, I haven't watched it yet, but that was one where, man, I'd love to see that play out. It was a great HBO show. All right. Next one here. When I think of overrated movies, the first thing that comes to mind is Blake. I probably, if I've gotten piled on for this one before, but I'm sure people are going to kill me. Star Wars. I think Star Wars is the most overrated <laughs> film series of all time. They're not that good. It's fine. And they're good. They're entertaining. But man, people like, I don't want to pile on people. People, I want to let people like things, but man, it's not as good as people think it is. <laughs> it's a I, normal story to do that. All these stories are the same good versus evil. It's Harry Potter, but it's sci-fi kind of, it's not really sci-fi. It's, it's a fantasy drama. Let me make a confession to you, man. I, I've seen star Wars, the original movie. I've never seen any of the other ones, any of them. The They're not ones, as good as people. I've never seen the empire strikes back and what, what, whatever the other ones were just not a fan. Never got into it. So, uh, I can't call it overrated cause I'd never even really watched them. Um, for me, anything Harry Potter related, Oh, I, like I hate you so movies. much. Uh, anything Lord of the Rings related. I just okay, don't get that's the hype me. with those movies. What's that Vampires movie? It's just coming to my mind right now. Twilight. Twilight. Any of the Twilight movies too. I watched, I think I watched one and a half of those. I thought that movie was stupid. Yeah. I'm just Do you ever watch uh, kind of shit. Yeah. Um, dude, the Harry Potter thing bugs me, man. Boy, those are good <laughs> movies, dude. Those are really good movies. And the books are fantastic. And in terms of like adaptations from book to movie, I think I said it last time, the cast, I picked the Harry Potter cast. Like it was casted perfectly. That's right. You dude, did, I, love, I love Harry Potter. You got to miss me with that, man. <laughs> miss me with that one. All right. Last one here. Something I probably took for granted previously that I really appreciate more now mm-hmm. is playing. This one is a tough one for me, Batman. I, this one took me all week kind of thinking about. I think the one for me right now that I thought of the most is uh, when we first had our kid. I, I'm a stay-at-home dad, for those that don't know. And I remember, like, we had that first kid and just feeling so overwhelmed. And, like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I've, just time felt crazy. I felt like I couldn't get anything done. I had no time to myself, all this stuff. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, they, once we had two kids and now that they're old, like the things are way worse uh, than they were that. And that time that I had with a little baby, I was, I, I wish I would have known what I know now because I had way more time. I had way more freedom than I think I realized. And, and then the follow-up one that was like real close. Um, I think I've talked about it with you before on here. Like there's not a lot of stuff I love about um, my upbringing, my, tro- my childhood. I have some resentment towards my parents sure. and stuff. But what I will say is now that I am a parent, I appreciate they didn't have a lot of resources. They didn't have a lot of stuff, but yeah. they never made us feel that. Yeah. And I think that was probably more of a burden on them than I realized at the time. And so now as an adult spending my own, our own money, I understand that that was probably um, more than I realized at the time. I, th- those are good answers. I, I got two. one of them. It, it's, it, it's in humor, but it's actually true. And that's um, the ability to bounce back quicker after mm-hmm. drinking. Quite frankly, Aaron, um, 
you know, when I was younger, I took it for granted, you know, go out and with the boys and, and have ourselves a night and I'd wake up and I'd be all right, well, you know, let's just take on whatever's next that day. Maybe sure. it was going out, maybe it was doing whatever with the family, whatever. I took that shit for granted. It was just easy to bounce back. Now, like if you and I went out on Saturday and we tied one on, which I tend to do, like Saturday's my one day of the week where I get together with friends, not every Saturday, but often on Saturdays. Well, it's the one day of the week where I actually do something. Anyway, if we went out, we tied one on, you can forget about me on Sunday and probably into Monday as well before I start to feel better. So I took Dude, for my wife and I are at the point where like one or two drinks and we are lit. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Lit yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I could still go, but it just takes me forever to be able to bounce back. So I, I you know, I would, I took for granted how easy it was being young to just yeah. you know, bounce back and live. And then the other one in um, time, you know, yeah. take granted for time when you're younger, it's like, Oh, I'll do this next time. Or, you know, I'll, I'll catch up with this person next time, or I'll get motivated to do this next time. And, and now that I'm older, I really just appreciate having time anymore, you know, mm -hmm. and now I kind of feel like I operate, I don't want to say more with the sense of urgency, but I, I just take things more serious. And I don't, I don't tend to put things off as much anymore. Cause I know I understand now when I didn't, when I was younger, that time is probably our most valuable asset that yeah. we have. And it's the one asset, you know, you can't buy it. I don't care if you're poor, you're rich. It doesn't matter. You only get a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. So that's something that I took for granted too back then. And not so much anymore. So I like it. Yeah. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this casual Friday. You know, I kind of like this vibe right now, man. This show is about, and I've said this before, this show is more about just us rapping and, and talking about different topics. We'll talk some football. We'll talk some hockey. It's the offseason, man. That's why exactly. I watched the Sabres game last night on TV. Yeah, stop doing that. Stop, <laughs> stop doing that. Stop watching games and stop going to games. Yeah. Aaron went to a game. They got they got shut out, didn't they? When you they every time I watch the Sabers, they don't look any good. <laughs> Follow Aaron Quinn on Twitter at Aaron Quinn seven one six. Make sure you check out Cover One, especially now. Like I said, the off season is actually I think the big boys shine in the off season. Anybody, not anybody, but lots of people could do a decent podcast during the season because there's so much things to yeah. talk about with the season. You want to get to the off season? This is where you learn about players, free agency, draft, all kinds of stuff. Cover one. This is where I think you guys really step up and uh, appreciate that. Excel. So anyway, thanks guys for tuning in. Have yourself a good weekend. We'll be back. Plenty of new episodes next week. Take care.